sharper than one of Vandal Savage's knives, it's Cape Crisis, the comic book podcast every week on the Laser Time Podcast Network, where we talk about graphic novels, sequential art, and the art on which upon it is based. I am your host, Henry Gilbert, that's H-E-N-E-R-E-Y-G on Twitter, and I am on my sound effects game today. And uh, with me for the first segment, we are Chris Liss. No, Chris Antista. Hopefully he'll be back on the second segment. He's busy planning even more wonderful podcasts for all you kitties out there. But we have the other two regular bros here. We got Brad Elston. Hi. Full of turkey still, Brett? No, I'm full of sausage. Yeah, Have you finished your uh, the leftovers already, I guess? Most of the meat, but we still have some mm-hmm. soup. And we got the walking day, Dave hey, Rudden. Hey, hey. hey, did you enjoy a weekend full of uh, Turkey and the Walking Dead season finale? I did watch it. Yep. The mid season finale. Mm-hmm. We'll get to that. We'll get to all that stuff. It was middling. Oh, <laughs> but we'll. But first off, let's get into the what have you been reading segment. So I feel like I have let you <laughs> listeners down to a degree, and I want to apologize, but. So, I, we're recording this slightly earlier than usual on a Wednesday, so I've not read most of today's new comics. Sorry. And I've seen the first half of the Flash Green Arrow crossover. Second half doesn't air till tonight. Right. And you know what also doesn't air till like 9.30 tonight is the full Batman Superman trailer. Oh, so damn. So, there's a lot of opinions we don't have right now, right. I'm sorry to say. But uh, there'll probably be an, you'll probably have an article up by then. Certainly will. And you can see my opinions all about it then. I will probably much, be negative. How much? No, I, I'm kidding. How much will you uh, bag on it? Uh, I'll probably say, like, this Superman is not cool. He's mean. I don't like this. Uh-huh. DC sucks. Wish this Correct. was Marvel. Right. If, if Chris Evans played this role, it'd be much better. <laughs> I, I'm sorry. I've gotten multiple tweets from people telling me, like, I kind of have to stop listening. You're the Marvel show now. But, uh, I, look, I'm sorry. I, but I loved, I do love DC stuff. And I'll have you know, I barely read any Marvel this week either. But uh, what I did read a lot of over the weekend were old comic books. That reminds me, like, it got me thinking, like, part mm-hmm. of the reason I read more Marvel now is because I got really into the Star Wars comics, which I did, oh, not, yes. which I did not anticipate. Certainly not. It just kind of happened. And the I, last thing I wanted were Marvel Extended Universe comics, I thought. Yeah, and I really like them. But I was like, well, what, you know, DC, Warner, like, why do they do that with Harry Potter? Yeah, you know what? I guess because I might read that. Maybe J.K. Rowling's not into comic books. Maybe she's like she. They ask like, "Hey, we could also do this as a multimedia project. Do a comic book." Mm. No, I don't <laughs> like it. I, a pretty good J.K. Rowling. Didn't write it on a napkin. Are you, napkin. Are you J.K.ing with me? <laughs> <laughs> Though it's weird, they're just doing a whole new. It almost feels like a hobbitization of the next film. They're like. Yeah, we're doing a new movie. It's three. It's a trilogy. Like, really a three, so, a three, a, a full three prequel twi- trilogy of Jerry okay. Harry Potter stuff. Uh, yeah, you messed up every word in there. I got every <laughs> word wrong. I could what get it, a second what, take. But. What would a prequel trilogy be about? Mm-hmm. Like, uh, well, the, there's I'll, a lot. There's a lot that happened before. The, yeah. Just some dumb kid underneath the. Well, no, it's what? not about Come Harry on, Potter. Come it's, on. it's decades ago about the guy um, who wrote. Um, Oh God! I'm not. This is this is not a Harry Potter podcast. Uh, the, so I don't know yeah, the, names the magical beasts. Yeah, and, the yeah. magical beast and their origins or whatever, starring where, Eddie Redmayne. Yeah, where to find them? I think. Yeah, uh, and it, but it takes place. I did read. This is old Harry Potter news, but I did read they revealed what 
So muggle is a British term. Mm -hmm. It's not what American wizards call people who don't do oh, really? magic. Non-wizards, they call them nomad, which mm -hmm. Harry Potter fans are like, that's a dumb name. Muggle's cooler, but muggle is such a british it is a pretty yeah. kind of thing yeah it doesn't feel no magic i i don't know if that sounds like something an american wizard yeah, would make up though uh it only sounds like it to me because of the several british folks i've worked with over the years mm -hmm. the the go-to to make fun of the american accent is to do the nasal awesome like <laughs> well though I also, that's awesome so yeah. no magic kind of leads to hey, no no Look at those nomads. Yeah, though I've also I watched I love watching videos that come from England of like do your American accent. They're just on the streets of England, like mm -hmm. do an American accent. We want to hear it. It's because we're obsessed and with ourselves, Henry. They no, well, no. These were all British <clears throat> people. British people asking British people to do it, and half of them did like hip hop accent, and the huh. other half Oof. did the other half did surfer accent. <laughs> like that. Uh, well, meanwhile, when we do British, they oh talk like Cockneys. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's that or it's Robin Leach. Those are yeah. the only two points of contact we have. The, meanwhile, when we do Australians, like, I'd have called him Charles Watson. <laughs> <laughs> Anywho, uh, Jesus, what were we talking about? Oh, yeah, uh, there's no Harry <laughs> Potter books. That's right. That's yeah. it. Sorry, everyone. Uh, but okay, if you followed my Twitter this weekend, I went Twitter crazy going through my comic books of yore. So, you know, short version, my mom has moved back out here to California she's an hour away and I spent the weekend at her new place and she was nice enough to bring all my stuff with her like she when she packed up her you know those pods I guess you call them that you pack your crap in and they move them cross country for you yeah. those things she I, put my, about those. I thought you were talking about luggage for a second <laughs> no no she, she, right, yeah, yeah, she yeah. put I had you throw a bunch of crap in a thing and then they yeah. they haul it over. She there. moved twelve short boxes full of comics and two long boxes full of comics all the way across mm. the country from Florida. And so these were the single issues that I haven't gone through in a decade. Like I haven't right. looked at them in a decade. I haven't added to them in probably like twelve years. I, I pretty much went over to graphic novels around then and just flipping through them, I was like, I spent so much money. Like, I'm just looking at all these things. Like, each of these represents $3 on average. And and I spent mm. all this money. And and that 35% of them are Spider-Man. And you guys could see all these tweets of like, here's my, here's my short box that was just called, so here's the Amazing Spider-Man short box. Then here, or here's the Amazing Spider-Man long box. Here's the Spectacular and Web of Spider-Man long box. Here's the Spider-Man miniseries short box. And then the other short box is like, well, this is my DC one. This is my indie one. This is my one for crossovers. It's making me thinking I mean, a good question of the week could be uh, for the end of the show is yeah. how, how you store your comics. Yeah, I like that. I like that. But, um, I totally know the answer to this. But for a listener who maybe doesn't, how many comics are in a long box and how many are in a short box? Um, I would say a short box in general can hold. It depends on if. So I noticed that in my time as a collector i would put first when i got bags and boards two comics to a bag and a board one Oof. on each side that i know i was a real i was uh i was a brute with my comics. i think i did that when i was little yeah, yeah. like probably 11 well and also 10 11 well, bags and boards ain't cheap you know yeah they're not uh so then but then about five years in the last five years i had one comic to a bag and a board yeah and i would say with bags and boards you basically can fit about 200 issues into a short box mm -hmm. And about 300, 350 into a long box. Right. And so I had thousands of comics. Thousands. Yeah. 
And uh, it was so fun to go through and like, oh yeah, this thing. I totally forgot this comic exists because there are so many comics Marvel's never collected. Like, because... And also, there's no reason to. Like, they're not good books. They're not like, right. oh, these should be recollected because they're so great. That's not the case in most of them. But right. it's still just like, these don't exist other than the fact that I have them, you know? <laughs> and so I brought home a ton of comics for future feature stuff. Like, I brought home about a dozen ones that took place at, at Xmas time. Right. And then also some What If comics. And there was a bunch of fun stuff I planned for those. But my favorite, uh, just to put it down to the three favorite things I found. One were the the Marvel... So there was Marvel vs. DC. Yeah. And everybody knows that one. But they did two spinoff books called All Access. Yeah, I had never heard of those. Because there, there was this character created in Marvel vs. DC, this character called Access, whose real name was Axel. Real oh, yeah. dumb. But he's he was just a dude who found out that he had the superpower... To teleport between both universes. Yeah, he was in the Marvel vs. DC uh, Yeah, it made him as a character, and his special distinction distinction was that Access was owned by both Marvel and DC. Like, he was the only character that they both owned. And he actually appeared in, like, a couple DC books. Like, oh, hey, I just uh, came over from some other place, hey. But then, he then got to star in his own two four-issue miniseries called All Access and access extreme or whatever and uh, extra entertainment tonight mm. and so and then he had then he had the team up cable access <laughs> but the access books now feel so out of date or so of a different time when these two giant corporations like didn't care as much because right. they're just just on a whim they're like oh yeah this will be when superman and spider-man team up and they'll fight venom it'll just be an issue it'll be issue one like yeah. that's that's nuts to to think about Marvel and DC now agreeing to make a comic where Superman and Spider-Man meet each other and fight Venom. Yeah. And same, it had an events of the current JL, the then JLA facing the then X-Men in a battle. Like, that is a, that's a mega crossover on its own. The X-Men versus JLA comic. Yeah. In it, Cyclops beat Batman. He just beats him. (laughs) There's just a shot of Batman down going, ugh, and with red mist coming right. off of them and Cyclops going like don't make me do that again like, fuck that like Cyclops is yeah. good some people say Cyclops sucks that's uh, not he's true. good he's he's exceptional at that thing yeah so but he's not Batman he's not yeah, not Batman. yeah. I can I can buy Batman well it goes without saying but like when he has no if he has the, no context and no plan, yeah, there's no anything. There's no one in DC. I think that I mean I don't know. Well, yeah, there's got to be somebody somewhere with a laser beam. Well, that eyes, shoots but. beams, but I mean it's not the same thing as Cyclops. Mm-hmm. Like it doesn't have the same properties as like a, a heat beam or a laser beam. It's not the same thing. Yeah. So you know, I could get an initial like being caught off guard thing. Mm-hmm. I don't know the context of this fight. I'll I mean, back away. Yeah, I yeah. agree. Batman should win most of the time. And then right? in the second volume, it gets even crazier because then he finds out he can time travel. And mm. so then Hal Jordan, who was dead at the time, meets I was. Stu- <laughs> meets meets stupid Hulk and they uh, fight. Uh. And original Spider Man, like sixty Spider Man, meets Wonder Woman and they fight a guy, um, some loser from the New Gods, and Juggernaut. Like wow. Juggernaut versus <laughs> Wonder Woman. That's wild. That's, That's pretty cool. Yeah. And, it, a, and a teenage Spider Man. And none of it, like, now it's all. Com- and Magneto teams up with Darkseid to Jeez. plot villainy. It's, it's all pretty wacky. And then the other two books I found that were neat were this one called Invasion of the Big People, which. <laughs> 
I, can, we, can we workshop that title a little bit? <laughs> well, so it was it was a one issue thing that just I only bought it because I love MST3K. I'm a huge Misty, and Trace Bellew, who was the voice of Crow and uh, Doctor Clayton Forrester, he quit the show. And one of the first things he ever did was he wrote his own comic book, and it was so hard to find. I had to special order it, and I then sent out that I found it in my boxes, and I sent out a tweet to Bob Mackey, the other biggest Mystery Science Theater fan I know. I said, "Hey, Bob, I found I've got at Trace Ballou's comic. Bet you don't. I'm a bigger fan than you." And then Bob responded like, "My local shop didn't have it." And and then this awesome moment that I was like, "I wish." I had Twitter 20 years ago came up where Trace responded to us. He says, I hope you finished it by now. Ha ha. <laughs> and it was just so cool. And that's, that's the same thing that happened where I discovered this, this comic I totally forgot about. It was a Captain America Iron Man annual from I think 97 or 98. It's written by, uh, it's written by Kurt Busiek and Mark Wade. In it, he fights, they fight MODOK and Cap, uh, Iron Man gets access to this, they're also fighting this guy who creates an, basically an internet for everybody's brain so he can mind control the world. They stop him, but Tony is alone in the mind internet long enough to go like, you know what? I'm going to erase my secret identity from everybody's mind. Yeah. Like, all these bad guys know it. They shouldn't. Boom. Getting rid of it. Then he comes back out of it and he has to, he then tells the people he wants to know, oh yeah, hey, by the way, I'm Iron Man. And then they remember. Right. And when he does that to Cap, Cap's like, you abused your power like that's wrong and <laughs> it turns into this moral battle about how to use superpowers huh. and it is totally civil war like it's civil war a decade before civil war mark wade and busick doing it it was it seems like a good article i i do it i agree and i i at reply, civil war before civil war and i at reply kurt busick on it i was like dude you were so ahead of your time on this he's like yep we even had citations because <laughs> in the comic they mentioned like a dozen issues that nobody remembers and right. no one cares about where Cap says, well, you did this. And then Iron Man says, well, didn't you do this this time, Cap? Mm. Like it, That's the only kind of thing you get when Busick and Wade write a book because they remember all that shit. Hmm. So anyway, yeah, go back through my tweets this Saturday or click on my media because I tweeted dozens of images from the whole thing. It was it was an amazing treasure trove. Of, like I'm so glad I never threw those away. My parents didn't throw them away. Super nice, of my mom to keep them. Like it was great going through my old books. Hmm. So that was that was my weekend of comic book reading. I feel like I've controlled this conversation too much, though. Brad, have you read anything? Uh, on Twitter, uh, Sunnyvale Trash told us because uh, last week a question of the week was about um, what was well, how was it phrased? Uh, well, it was um, <clears throat> what comic books have you enjoyed that cross over with your personal interests other than comic books. Yes, something like that. And I was like, I couldn't think of anything that was like not already a superhero or a video game or whatever. And I was like, mm-hmm. you know, I never really got into any Godzilla comics. And uh, ah, Sonny yeah. Trash mentioned uh, the Half Century War. So I bought that on Comixology. Uh, I think I'm halfway through it. And it's pretty good. Mm. It's I, I do like the premise a lot. It's going back to 1954 and kind of like retelling, you know, year by year. It skips some years at a time. But like kind of year by year from 54... All the way up to O four, wow! Like like this this one person's like journey dealing with Godzilla. Oh, that sounds from, awesome! From his first landing in Tokyo to like now they're like he shows up later heading towards Vietnam and then Angiris comes out at the bottom of that and they're like what the hell? There's two of them now and so I always like any 
I like when Godzilla tries to get back to that sense of awe. Where like when everyone sees a monster mm. for the first time, where it's like, holy shit, Godzilla! Oh my god, there's another thing that's this. Like that's mm-hmm. this one alone was like a world-ending <laughs> problem, and there's two. There's two of them. So that's that was kind of my issue with the new movie, where it was like we we went straight to the monster fight, which is like. I think they were maybe thinking like, well, in 98 we did, they did do, oh, it's Godzilla and we're technically all in awe of Godzilla. So now they're like, yeah. no, we need two monsters. And yeah. and then also I think they wanted, I liked in the new one, one of my favorite bits in the new one was just like them accepting that he is the protector of Earth. And right. Godzilla as a good guy, but as a as a force of nature but that is good yeah i mean i like that I like they explained that. it like he's more of like the apex predator kind of thing mm-hmm. like he can't he's compelled to stop them because it's his planet yeah not because he's like friend to humanity he's like this is all mine he's not friend to children yeah, everywhere this is like this, this is my nest and get out of my nest <laughs> so i don't know but there's a comic like it, it's fun like going moment to moment and like watching all the military like well, this thing's going to stop them. And it's like, and I, and I know as they're talking about, we're building these things called mazers, and they're going to look like a weird satellite dish and shoot a beam at them. Like, you fire thousands of those things, they don't do anything. <laughs> I already can tell you right now, this isn't going to work. But it's fun watching them think, like, think up these weird <laughs> weapons you see in the movies, and you're like, what is that? Yeah, I think it's something people forget every time there's a new Godzilla movie, and they, uh, or, or like even from Japan, a new Godzilla movie comes out, and people are like, why isn't this like 90 minutes of fighting? Like, no Godzilla movie is that. Yeah. It is a human, for better or worse sometimes, they're all a human drama. They're about some new people who watch Godzilla do shit. And yeah. they react one way or the other about it. Yeah. I'm, I I try to think like what my favorite is. I don't think I ever did a list like that for, for, no. for, for Laser Time. Like what my personal, like... Well, there's ba- well, 85 is, 85 is my favorite. I could go on and on about why. I know a lot of people don't like it, but damn... <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a new well, there is a new Japanese Godzilla next year, so yeah. it, that could be a good yeah. excuse to do it. Um, I also read, uh, caught up on Vader, and then I read Star, the new Star Wars, to continue the Vader oh, so down, you have to, like part three of Vader down. Yeah, now. so Vader down, and I mean it's it's still good. What's what's weird is both parts of Vader down. Mm-hmm. Uh, Darth Vader is in the fewest panels he's been in in any comic uh, that has his mm. name on it. That's that's like, interesting. It's like even the Vader comic is like, yeah, he's still in the desert. He's still kind of being overwhelmed by rebels and like keeping them all at bay, and mm-hmm. they can't get a shot off they can't get near him and he does some vicious stuff and i'm like good he, he does yeah. need to be he can't skeletor vader i like, love i loved him as the perfect pilot in the in yeah there's one. there's a couple more moments like that. and especially when like luke finally takes him on and he doesn't immediately kill him he's like finally a, yeah. a, a, a finally a pilot worth killing yeah and yeah but I it's, also, it's, I, it's good but i reread some of part one uh the first volume of vader comics which is mm-hmm. the first six issues I forget the character's name, but his uh, his uh, sidekick woman who oh, is... Oh, Alf... Alf... Afris. yeah. I love her introduction. Her introduction is Indiana Jones. That's what I realized oh, yeah. reading it. Like, she dodges a rolling thing, uh, gets under a closing door at the last second, yeah. and then a person she has history with says... Hey, that's nice of you to do this, but I'm here with the locals. And I'm going to take that thing, yeah. and then she. But instead of saying that belongs in the museum, she says it belongs in an armory. <laughs> it was a funny moment, and of course, also three zeros and BT, the dark evil versions of three yeah. PO and R two. They, <laughs> they have a long uh, encounter with each other in Star Wars: The Newest Issue. I you know I love those characters like the. Uh, it's so great. Those two droids are great, but uh, when R2 and BT? BT meet, mm-hmm. uh, it's actually pretty great. 
Well, they, they just would boop, boop, and beep at each they other. They do. Oh, and they do. Uh, <laughs> but the way it unfolds, I it gets right, it, yeah. it gets cartoonish as shit. But that's mm-hmm. kind of the point. Well, that's what crossovers are about too. Yeah. Like it is. That's what all comic book crossovers are like. Oh, it's the first meeting of these characters. It's kind right. of fan service. Yeah, it always it's is. It's fan servicey, and it's also some of it. I, I had to suspend disbelief from like. Uh, I think that uh, I think this would have been a successful maneuver, but whatever. Mm. But, but you uh, also well, and you also think about like all this happens before Empire. This is that. all the history for all these characters when Empire yeah, starts. Yeah, all this stuff is in their memories. Like, yeah, we did all this stuff before yeah. Empire. It, <laughs> it is getting into like guys. I've uh, met Vader like eight times now. Huh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. That's you're getting there. Especially there's other characters who will encounter Vader too, and you're like, hmm. Oh, the only but other, it's good. The only other comic I read this week was uh, the surprise release of Barricade Number One, which was, in case you guys didn't know, like I've talked about it last year. There was the "Pay What You Want" model for a comic by Brian K. Vaughn and Marcos Martin, two of the best comic creators going right now, via Panel Syndicate. It was called Private Eye. Great comic, and you could pay fifty cents for it if you wanted. They're just like, pay whatever. Like, let's figure out what this is worth. And they had said they're going to launch another one and they're working on it but in this day and age with everything sorry it's called barrier in this day and age with everything there's a press release there's interviews there's all this hype hype right. hype yeah but then yesterday they're like here's december 1st boom issue one just pay us what you want 40 oh, pages yeah. well, and i'm not going to spoil it but it's called barrier and the cover image is the uh, the border, the Mexico-Texas border. Mm-hmm. And so it's something I just love about Brian K. Vaughn books now is that he wants the mystery going in of issue one. You don't know shit that's going on. Right. And it's probably science fiction, you think. Sure. You're like, oh, this, this will have some sci-fi twist at some point. But where is it coming? And that's what issue one of Barrier is all about. And that it's also a bilingual comic, which as someone who does not speak Spanish, I'm kind of lost on pages, but... I think you can follow along enough visually what's happening, but it's a choice they made of like, yeah, this is a comic in English and in Spanish because it stars people in Mexico mm. and people in Texas. And interesting. the divide between them and the language barrier mm. matters. It's a yeah. plot point, but huh. still. That's pretty cool. I am barely remembering my high school Spanish, like, mismos. What was that? Okay, I know, <laughs> I know pero That's uh, champagne means, and orange juice. <laughs> I, know, I know P-E-R-O means butt, and P-E-R-R-O means dog. Yeah. But, uh, yeah. Anyway, it, it was really good. You guys can pay, uh, like, you can pay as low as 50 cents for it if you feel like it, but it's on panelsyndicate.com, barrier issue one. It's very, very good. So those are all the comics I read, though. Before we get to The Walking Dave, mm-hmm. Brad and I both watched The Flash Part 1, at least, the of the Flash Arrow crossover of this year. Yeah, before we get that, I I watched the Grodd one. And so Grodd ends in, is that Gorilla, Gorilla City? City? It's Gorilla so why, City. Huh. So he sent them there on purpose then. Yeah, on Earth 2, they've built a Gorilla City for... Okay. For, uh, I guess in Earth Two there are there just is Gorilla City already exists. Okay, and I am assuming that they sent him there so that the next time we see Grodd, right. he will be the king of Gorilla City. But right. that sounds like one expensive episode. Yeah, gotta, one talking gorilla is enough. Maybe save that for season three. Yeah, um, but uh, but yeah, the, the Flash Arrow crossover. Uh, it was, also reminded me how much I didn't know what was going on in Arrow right now. But I think yeah. it was kind of written as like. Yeah, get we, they up. don't know what's going on in Arrow either. So That's they, true. They have so many lines where Flash is like, 
oh wait, you're dating this person now, yeah. or oh that's your new sidekick, or What's... oh she she's this guy's daughter. Yeah, but... it did a good because I've only watched the first episode of Arrow and then this one. Uh, well, uh-huh. it's not even Arrow; it's just a crossover. Yeah, you but, will watch the next episode. Yeah, I will watch Arrow, but um, now he is officially Green Arrow. He is Green know. Arrow. It's weird though because since I haven't watched it, uh, mm-hmm. when it started, I was like, this seems like the same show. Yeah. It's like a, a a people in the home base talking in his ear while he solves superhero murder. I mean, or, you Flash know, is crunch. a spinoff. Like, it I is, guess that's true. Yeah. yeah. Uh, though, were you surprised to see? I don't know even the name of that character because I haven't been watching Arrow this season. But they introduce Arrow by him fighting the big bad of the oh, season, yeah. who is played by the man who played Bison in the Chun Li movie. That's what I recognize. And him he from. looks exactly the same and seems to be acting the, the same, same as Bison. Yeah, yeah. Big, except with superpowers. Who well, is he in that? Uh, I, I can't remember his name. I'm uh, sorry. They didn't say it on the thing, but Vandal Savage is the main villain of it, which yeah. is great. Like, and they're pulling in. That's the other thing. Like, it's really even though it's a crossover between Flash and Arrow, it's really about introducing Hawkman and Hawkgirl. Yeah, and the two of them that they're keeping in the fact that they are the descendants that they started as Egyptian royalty two thousand years ago and yeah. have been killed or four thousand years ago and have been killed over and over again. By the ageless Vandal Savage. Like, yeah. That I do. Was really cool. I do. It is kind of weird that their wings disappear. Yeah. But I mean, I get it. It's, it's, a, it's a special effects thing to a degree, but also if they're just walking around with giant wings on their back all the time. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure they tried crazy. and they were just like, guys, this, this TV show, just like the blocking the shots and stuff, yeah. just probably just doesn't work. You but, have magic wings and magically appear, and then they go away. Yeah, and that's like, fine. Yeah. And then when they take their helmets off, though, I only really knew the cartoon. I guess uh-huh. in the cartoon, even when Hawkgirl took her mask off, it was a normal face, though. Yeah, she has a normal yeah, face. Yeah, that's she, true. and Carter have, both have normal faces. Yeah. And her name is Kendra Saunders. That's her name in the comic, too, the right. most recent iteration of Hawkgirl. It did make me remember how much I love Justice League and, oh, Just, yeah. and Justice League Unlimited. Like, mm-hmm. whew. And now basically has become the Justice League without Batman and Superman. Yeah, like, that's, that's true. That's all it is. It's like, and, and it had all those cute moments I feel like you'd always see in crossovers and comics of, like, Green Arrow's now in Flash's town, and he goes, yeah. "Oh, what they make a they they make a coffee named after you, and they have action figures. Yeah. Yeesh, nobody likes me in my town." Yeah, <laughs> and I like. I, I had no idea John Barrowman was in the show. Yes, yeah, like I forgot about that too. I don't know who of... he is, but like he walked up, I'm like, "Oh my god, it's you!" <laughs> of of Torchwood fame, come on. Mm-hmm. Ah. It was weird. I just saw the promo for it, and seeing both Flash and Green Arrow like in their uniforms like or costumes whatever uh that was kind of jarring i'm like i I was trying to think like what's the last live action superhero tv show Mm -hmm. that like put their the characters in the costumes for any extended period of time yeah it's usually like they save it for the last episode or never do it that's the big difference with flash and flash has also raised arrow's game like the first couple seasons of arrow they downplay it they're kind of like yeah you know he's an he's a vigilante he's whatever but once flash like no i'm a super guy and that's also the same deal with Supergirl. She's just Supergirl. Like she's oh, yeah. functionally Supergirl from episode one on. Which is weird because when Marvel finally, when when Daredevil finally gets his costume, I feel that's the, the worst. Part. I feel like the opposite. Like the yeah. show turned the, the the last like the last episode is just like bonkers. Well, it's mm. the last twenty minutes. The last even. twenty minutes. Yeah, yeah. I, I love Fisk walking down the highway and it's all blown. Like that's mm. great. The escape, but yeah. But once some... he shows up in that costume, it does make me wonder about season two. I yeah. am looking forward to season. two I'm big looking time. forward to it, but I but. It, yeah. That costume seems to be staying, and I think they can make little tweaks I think to make it look better for, sure. for TV. Well, that's the thing that happens in every 
every superhero movie tweaks the costume yeah. a little bit between them. Or sometimes sometimes it's a plot point, like how between Batman Begins and Dark Knight, he's like, I need a better thing where I can turn my neck. Right. But meanwhile, in Amazing Spider-Man 1 to 2, there's no explanation. He's just like, yeah, this is my costume now. Yeah. It's not the one I had before. No answer. Yeah. <laughs> All right, Dave. Yeah. I'm sorry. You have not had a chance really sorry. to speak, but... Uh, so let's get to the walking. Do you want to get to the walking, Dave, or Dave's homework first? Uh, let's start with uh, Dave's homework first. All right. Which was a uh, ministry of... Uh, here we... Space! <laughs> what? what was that from? Uh, Command and Conquer. Command and Conquer, oh, yeah. Geez. It's uh, Tim Curry. Oh, of course. <laughs> Where yeah. the, the great misdirect of, like, taking it... I forget how he leads up to it, but it's just like, I'm the taking one, yeah. the one place. No one can find me, or the one place democracy won't uh, reach me. <laughs> and you're like, where? And and he just like hams up the moment <laughs> yeah. so much. You're like, <gasps> what? Like, did he buy an island? Space! It's like he's winding up a pitch, and it's like, <laughs> this is going to be a really good one. This is the second podcast in a row we've recorded with a Tim Curry voiceover yeah. clip. Wow, yeah. Uh, but all right, Dave. Ministry of Space, Space. Uh, written by Warren Ellis and uh, and art by Chris Weston, I believe, or Chuck Weston. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I really did like you know the writing and the art style in it. Mm-hmm. I think the one thing that kind of uh, like I don't know how much longer this goes for, but no, that's it. That's it. This is it. Yeah. Yep. It. Just not think a lot of happens. it in an episode of Twilight Zone. It didn't really feel like a lot happened. Well, it's just uh, like an alternate it, history. I thought. Story, I, guess. I just looking at this, I thought mm-hmm. like, oh, there's going to be like armed conflict between mm. America and Great Britain and mm. it will involve outer space in the moon and it's just like <laughs> it's just a different version of the space race yeah, yeah. it's but just an ideological that's how he described it I know but into... I, I just looking at this cover you would uh-huh. that it, what the cover to me looks like the countless like military books my dad has yeah. so I'm like oh this, this is going to be boring uh-huh. But well, in a good way. I can yeah, see I, it I, more of Brett's alley than yours too, because it's about it's about aviation history and NASA and all this like spacey stuff. Well, you love planes, Brett. That's why yeah. I say well, that. Well, by proxy, okay. <laughs> and also, I thought that like the ones the secret that funded the the British uh, space mm-hmm. program. I thought that would be crazier. But like, yeah, I just it's thought pretty everything crazy. wasn't as crazy well, what as they I thought. Say, it like, we found aliens yeah. and they gave us money. That's too goofy. <laughs> but that's why know? that's why I liked it as a as a reprieve from all of my wacky superhero yeah. stuff. It was just like, no, this is just kind of real shit. Yeah, I mean, I, I would give this like a B plus. I like the really like the writing, really yeah. like the art, mm-hmm. like really like you know, like jumps through time and like how the how technology has mm-hmm. changed as a result of the, the uh, Great Britain getting on the moon, just mm-hmm. like. Really neat stuff. I yeah. was just, yeah, I just well, kind of finished it and thought, like, the, that's it? But what about the double twist about racism? Yeah, mm-hmm. again, I was like, okay, so this is going to pay off soon? Like, this is going to like this is gonna lead into something yeah. in the next book? No, like, I mean, it, it really is like a, a Twilight Zone or yeah. outer, outer Limits where it's like, there's nothing else to say. It's just... Basically, for four years, Warren Ellis was just doing books like that. He did, I can lend you more of them than I love, like, Orbiter, which is mm-hmm. another, like, also space obsessed one ocean which is another space obsessed one <laughs> uh this one called red which was turned into a bad bruce willis film oh yeah seen it it's yeah the comic's way better <laughs> i'll just i gotta say it but okay so dave what would your rating be uh, i'm gonna say b plus b plus like, yeah all right i mean just the like man, the, i feel like you overscore things seven's the new five man mm-hmm. well no i thought it was like it's one of the best the best written and best looking mm-hmm. comics i've read in a long time but it's just mm, i wish more had happened Right. That, and I, if I went in with a different mindset, I'd probably feel way better about it. But I just thought it was going to be like 
Mm. Action-y. All right. We only have three left from the current pile, Dave, that you have yet to read. Uh, and so let's start from the top here. You could read another Warren Ellis limited series, six mm-hmm. issues long, Desolation Jones. It's a amazing, really cool... Uh, I guess you call it, well, not steampunk, like mm-hmm. tech punk or cyberpunk. Okay. A cyberpunk uh, detective story. Then, of course, you've got Nemesis, the uh, ridiculous over-the-top superhero action film that's by the team who did Civil War, Mark mm-hmm. Miller and Steve McNiven. And then you've got the best Hush comic story mm-hmm. ever, Heart of Hush, where Batman battles Hush. Written by Paul Dini, art by Dunstan Wynn, who did the art on Descender, the comic you read oh. a couple weeks ago as well. So a lot of artists and writers you're starting to get familiar with, Dave, who are all involved in these three books. Which would you pick? Oh, I've been. I want to get, get back into a superhero one, so I'm gonna. Batman, take, it uh, is, uh, eh? Yes. All right, all right. Well, if you played Arkham Knight all the way through and did, I have the, not. Uh, well, did you play Arkham City all the way through and do all the side stuff there? No, I'm like 75%. Well, all right. I'll let myself play Arkham Knight until I finish Arkham City. Then you won't recognize... Then you won't recognize anything Uh, from Arkham City. But had you 100% at Arkham City, you would recognize some plot lines there. Oh, I did... I played it for the first time on our stream yesterday. Oh, yeah! Catwoman DLC, not good. No. But I did enjoy the 60s Catwoman costume. Yeah! uh, Playing... Enjoying quotes there. Well, well, I I just... I really like that costume more. Yeah! Which is... Probably says really shows I'm getting older, uh, but it's just more like there's something about uh, there's well, there's form fitting and then there's like what games do games well, and movies. Like, it's, it's not games only. It's, it's it's a difference between like form fitting and something that just looks like a second skin. Like oh, you just yeah. painted on stuff. Yeah, yeah. you painted on a naked body, which is how a lot of costumes are drawn. It's like mm. which I think is supposed to be a metaphor for like that is their skin. That's who they really are. And yeah, I think I that's that. fun, but it's like. Catwoman has VPL the whole time, <laughs> and I'm like this visible panty line. It's yeah. just like it's I don't know. It's kind of weird. <laughs> but meanwhile, the Lee Merriweather costume. Yeah, it's just like it's just a form fitting costume, and it's I love not that necklace. The yeah, necklace the necklace, and it's a hokey '60s thing. But yes. it's like I don't know. For some reason, it was really working for me, and I just I just appreciate it on two levels. Mm. One, the obvious one, and then two, just like I like this design. I just think this is a fun. Well, Black Widow, Black Cat, those are two of your favorite costumes oh, man. as well. Are they? Wait, no, I get it. I get it. Is this old Catwoman's uh, necklace like an actual part of her costume, or is it like uh, Cesar like Romero's she... mustache where it's like, she didn't take it off in the scene? <laughs> it is Let's part of the off. costume. But yeah. I mean, it's an, the... it's an accessory. But you know, ladies love their accessories. Yeah. And there are versions of Catwoman that I think are, are, are better about how they portray her. And the oh, same, yeah, thing with, same thing with, with uh, Black Cat and Black Widow. Mm-hmm. Um, there are kinds where it's cheesecaked up more than I would care for it to be and then there's times when I'm like that is hot as shit you don't you don't like her saying like it's the perfect crime <laughs> not so Batman. much in, not so much into that part <laughs> but but then we also played like the 60s Batmobile driving around the ridiculous fun. I don't know I having not played the game itself I was You're like a weird I'm, selection ha- I'm having a great time yeah <laughs> But, Dave, you did us all a favor and watched mm-hmm. the mid-season finale yeah. of The Walking Dead Season 6. I caught myself up on the show. And, like, mm-hmm. uh, the one thing, they spent a, a number of episodes making people think that one character was dead when he was not. It was like a guy fell and on top of him. Most people called it. So. Yeah, everyone called it. Uh, like, a guy fell on top of him and he was eaten by zombies. And, and like, blood fell on that guy. And it was, like, the way it was shot. Yeah, he didn't die. Uh, so... I thought really like the one thing that Walking Dead would do was reunite that character with another character. Didn't happen Man. over the course of two episodes. Basically, yeah, what happens in the the final two episodes is that the Alexandria gets overrun by zombies. 
which uh, happened in the comics. Uh, yeah. Is, yeah. Um, but the, it was like the big action scene they had before they got to the issue one hundred stuff. Yeah. But yeah, just not a lot. Not a lot happened. The only like mm. major death was a person who was in Alexandria before like Rick met them. So like a person who's just been around for a season, maybe a little bit more nice. than that. Uh, it was a. It was a. I mean, as far as deaths go, like there haven't been that many big there, ones lately. But this one was kind of neat. But there was a tease of a certain bat wielding character. Correct? Yeah. So, uh, but that wasn't even in the episode. So, like the the scene the 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 whole season kind of ends just uh, with like a well, it half thud. ends. It half the ends. Half, half ends. Um, they're just like trying to escape, and this one like kind of idiot kid starts yelling for his mom while they're walking yeah. through zombies with the uh, the whole like with the uh, blood all over the blood him. all over yep. him. Uh, so yeah, that was just that was kind of lame, and like mm-hmm. I actually didn't even know that there was a post credit scene until like the next day, and then I saw that, <laughs> and it's it's teasing Negan, but mm-hmm. Negan's not in it. Did uh, uh, something happen to someone's eye? No, really, I don't think so. Maybe I will. I in don't the know. comics, that's when it happens to somebody's eye. But you're mm-hmm. talking around somebody's. They're not gonna. Here. They're not gonna do that. They're not gonna do the thing that happens to Rick in the comics because eh, I ju- get that for Andrew Lincoln. That's kind of a lot to ask of him. Yeah, like you're not gonna physically deform a character for the rest for of the, the rest series. of the series. It's yeah. insane. Um, I wonder if sometimes he regrets like chopping off Rick's hand was just supposed to be. Oh, it's another. It's an end of a page spoiler. Or yeah. sorry, it's an end of page cliffhanger. Yeah. And then, and then it's just something they've been stuck with for 100 issues yeah. since then. Um, so, yeah, like, I think the I, I saw, like, a lot of people that I don't think read the comics, like, just comment on Twitter and Facebook, like, this was really slow and it sucked and I don't know if I like Walking Dead anymore. And I almost want to just say, like, like now, don't quit now. You're literally getting you're right up to Negan, and Negan yeah. is the best part. I of think the you will Dead. electrify this show again. Like, and like, like he re-energized the comics. Yeah, out of there. like I was getting antsy <laughs> that this one character didn't reunite in, uh, or these two characters didn't reunite. Mm-hmm. Spoilers, skip ahead for a minute. But like, if if Negan does what he does in the comics. Then, like, the, then them Ooh, not meeting yeah. back up would be, like, really cool. So, yeah, that'd be yeah. an interesting story. All right. Spoiler time over. Yeah. Okay, so we should take a break. And in the next segment, we're going to talk about the news. Your answer to the last week, question of the week. And, uh... Clear, clear your throat. And I'm going to clear my throat right when we get back. <laughs> Everybody and welcome to the break for this week's episode of Cape Crisis. And just to let you know, there will be no spoilers for anything that matters in the next uh, segment. So yeah, we're not getting into Jessica Jones just yet. But I did want to thank you all for listening. I want to thank you all for being so good to the Laser Time Network in general all year long. 2015 was a watershed year for all of us in so, so many ways. And that especially includes the easiest way to support Laser Time and endeavors like Cape Crisis. And that is Patreon. Patreon.com slash LaserTime. If you can give $5 a month or more, you'll get so many cool things. An exclusive weekly podcast called Bonus Time. A commentary, a weekly movie commentary. We watch along a film with you. This week we did Empire Strikes Back and I got embarrassingly drunk on it. It was a whole bunch of fun. Uh, and also, uh, if you give $10 a month, you get a bi-weekly um, wrestling commentary. We just did a great new one. And tons of new cool stuff is coming to it as well. It is so great. Patreon.com slash 
laser time. Also, at this time of the year when you're buying all these things and gifts in the holiday season, think about your old pals at laser time when you do that. And by that, I mean buy them on Amazon if you're going to and do it through the links on our site. All the purchases you make through the Amazon links on laser time even if it's not the stuff we suggest, sends a little kickback our way at no extra cost to you. It's the same super cheap Amazon price, and it helps us out. Oh, second to lastly, if you have not reviewed us on iTunes, new reviews for us on iTunes are always appreciated. They always help with visibility and helping new people find it. And so any new reviews, I love to see them. Love, love, love them. I was just checking for new reviews recently. I love seeing any new ones. So please, if you can, new reviews. Uh, and lastly, now it's time for the Hank's Corner Pick of the Week. This week's pick of the week is the Just Collected A-Force Volume Zero. So, you know, I've been kind of up and down on my opinion of Secret Wars this uh, year. You know, it's good, it's bad, it's taking too long, all that stuff. And same with the, some of the miniseries are better than others. But one of my favorites was A-Force, which is the all-women team of Avengers. And it's not just that it has... It's led by one of my all-time favorite Marvel characters, She-Hulk. But it also brings her together with Nico from The Runaways, America Chavez, and uh, Dazzler. All these great characters all in one place. It is so much fun, and you get to see them within the world of Secret Wars. It is a great book. It leads into the A-Force book to come in all new, all different Marvel. So you can get A-Force Zero this week. A link to it will be on this week's episode page, which you will find on lasertimepodcast.com, along with so much other great written material we do all the time. You can see my reactions to upcoming trailers like I did with Civil War last week. I'll do with Batman vs. Superman this week. You can also read things like my top seven about top seven Marvel characters who don't smoke anymore, top seven worst changes to the Star Wars films, all this great stuff. All right, enough of that. Now back to the rest of the show. Avengers Assemble! Straight out of Wakanda, it's uh, Cape Crisis <laughs> Part 2. I don't like you either. <laughs> That's uh, no, I gotta turn it back up here. Sorry. Mm. Hey, but guys, I'm back on the soundboard. It, it's funny, in between the segments, we recorded a laser time and a, and a live stream. But mm. And also, I read one more book I do want to talk about. I read Daredevil, number Ooh. one, by Charles Soule. He no took more over Wade? the book. Now Wade's time is over, mm-hmm. and things have changed big time. Totally new art direction. Mm-hmm. Uh, Daredevil is back in New York City, and he is a prosecutor for New York City now instead of a defense attorney. Identity is... And no- nobody oh. but Foggy Nelson knows he's Daredevil, and no- and they don't tell you why. Right. They imply that he made some sort of a deal that Foggy With Nelson With the hates. devil? It would make more sense for Daredevil to make a deal with the devil <laughs> than Spider-Man, but 
So yeah, his he made his, a deal with another daredevil, Evil Can Evil. This, I mean, this is the biggest. I think perhaps <laughs> if Evil Can Evil can jump seven buses. Daredevil will shave his head. Maybe <laughs> other than the X Men, this might be the biggest like change from uh, things uh, from old Marvel to all new, all different Marvel uh, for Spider Man. Spider-Man is big, but his his secret identity is the last decade of right. Daredevil books have been all about everybody knowing Matt Murdock yeah. is Daredevil. I mean, come on. There we go. Goodness gracious me. Yeah, <clears throat> that's what it makes me say. Also, Chris is in the second segment, isn't he? Oh, way? hey, hi. <laughs> oh, yes, Chris has joined us in Diamond Dave. Oh, sorry, on here he's the walking Dave. He had to head on home. What is that? That's Dave leaving, C-3PO. Put it, put it away. Put uh, it away. But, but Brett... No. You wouldn't want my life to get boring, would you? Yeah, see? Uh, that one was a really good one to be pulled up from. Whatever, well, you, whatever you want to hear. Well, let's get into the news real quick. Uh, first off, in the comic book world, Secret Wars is now ending in 2016. The, that it, is insane. It will be a January release of the final issue. We which will is, tell our children stories would, of this war. I would Ridiculous. love just some stories on, like... Um, it's uh, like three that, more months. How does that happen? There had to have been... Certain story beats set in stone since like last year. I think it was. It the, can't be a drawing issue. I think it was. This is three, four when, months. When you read the second to last issue, mm-hmm. which has come out, it's the start of a giant battle. And I think they maybe. My theory is that the battle got so big, they're like, no, we got to draw more of this battle, more of this battle. When really it is meaningless. Like, I don't give a fuck right. about this battle. The battle's over. Yeah. I know. Like, it doesn't matter. Yeah, maybe that's it. I'm very frustrated with that, by the way. I know Still. it'll be cool when Black Panther. <laughs> You know, summons all those dead guys and makes them fight other guys, and it's this dumb Game of Thrones thing. But yeah. I'm I'm kind of tired. I like I was in, I was a fan of Secret Wars like the first half of it, but this second half is taken for goddamn. It reminds ever. me of how like anymore. how like Ultimates uh, in like oh two oh three oh four took forever to come yeah. out. Like there were months and months, and then like the last issue took. It was a year. Uh, it felt like, yeah, and but but at the very least, it was like it only mattered to that comic. Mm-hmm. It didn't hold up the continuity of the entire universe of everything. Yeah. Yes. Uh, also, in the comic book news, uh, there was an announcement of this interesting new story from Vertigo called Dark Knight with an N. Dark Knight. And that looks insane. So it's a Vertigo. It's technically the first Vertigo Batman comic, but it's not really a Batman comic. Really? So it, okay, it is a Batman comic, but it no, is but a the first is, Vertigo Batman comic. He's never had a Vertigo book. Huh. Well, uh, maybe Arkham Asylum was technically under Vertigo. I can't say for sure. This sounds really interesting, by the way. But uh, yeah, so Paul Dini, the mm-hmm. guy who was the co-creator or co-head of the Batman animated series and so many other great comics, Paul mm-hmm. Dini. He and he man, uh, he man. <laughs> so in 1993, he was mugged, like brutally mugged, and like had to have surgery on his skull, like he had a fractured skull, Jesus. and and so this is about that period of his life. Well, the lead character recovery. in this Batman story is Paul Dini. Yeah, that's it insane. Is, it is the real life story of his recovery, and he's doing this. Apparently, he was recovering during the production on Batman the animated series, wow. and so Batman characters are basically as it's described as Batman characters are a Greek chorus to his life in this story. And well, it, and I, the artist by Eduardo Rizzo, who did One Hundred Bullets, who's an amazing artist, and he did the Batman Dark City comic. Brett, I know you read the the one that goes right after Hush. 
That's uh, yeah. all right. I know. Oh, you read oh it. it's not. Yeah. It's not Dark City. It's um, Broken City. Broken City. That's yes. right. Yeah, I just believe he's using it as a device. Like if you if you know anybody who suffered like a traumatic assault like that, mm-hmm. you want to stay inside and. Well, one, during recovery, it gives you this, you want to hide from the world. And emotionally, you don't really want to go outside anymore because last time you did get the shit kicked in you. So Joker is the voice of the guy, stay inside, is torturing him. I just, Mm -hmm. like, the little bit he wrote about it was just amazing. And then Batman is the voice of, like, be brave, be the hero, move on with your life. And Joker's the guy trying to tell him to recoil and stay an introvert and stay inside. The rest, of the, the world is out to get you, and I'm part. What of are it. you talking about? I'm talking about the fucking new book. <laughs> God damn it! Yeah, no, I'm I'm really looking forward to that. Um, so in the world of the TV shows and stuff, unfortunately, this will be dated like within hours. But the Batman versus Superman big trailer is going to premiere on, or will have premiered on Jimmy Kimmel a week after the. This again, it feels like. I don't want to pick on DC, but it feels like another moment where DC saw Marvel do a thing and then was like, the week later, we'll premiere it here too. I, we talk about some it they don't really I, seem to understand This deal would have been worked out Jimmy, eight years Jimmy ago. Jimmy Kimmel yeah. is not where people go for comic information. Yeah. Mm-hmm. His parent company owns the characters that air on his network and DC yeah. thinks yeah. that's, that's but, news. Good for Jimmy Kimmel, I guess. I just yeah. love the idea that he does not give a shit. He's like, oh, less than I have to write. Jesus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's why I think he loved... I talked about this on VGA, but when, when he pissed off Goober Grapers about video games and him making fun of YouTube streamers, mm-hmm. he loved that because he's like, now I can make five segments in a row of reading your horrible comments about me. <laughs> like, keep them coming. This fills time on my show that and was, I don't have to write anything. That was embarrassing on behalf of all dorks. I know. Uh, but the the teaser we all saw... It teases an interesting situation, though. I wrote if if it's it has to be a dream or else Superman is an asshole in this thing because right. you have Batman in a duster coat, which you're going to see a million of those at the next comic convention, like <laughs> that costume, and then he's being held captive. Superman flies in, and apparently this army like respects him. He's like Superman's army, and then he rips Batman's that's, mask off. But that's the point. It the swearing fealty to Superman as he lands, like that yes. that implies something really sinister. Yeah, which I don't think is. I think it can't it is, be in the movie. I think it is Batman's dream yeah. of Superman unchecked. I that's so what too. I think it is. Yeah. Well, and, also I couldn't help think of Neil Neil before Zod. Yeah. And maybe that's what. Su- Maybe that's the direction they Maybe go. Superman it's voluntary be- or something. Well, yeah, Superman becomes a Zod well, character. No, the point of this movie is to undo that. Is to finally like I think by the end of this movie we're supposed to assholes like me who got mad at him <laughs> for killing Zod will finally say I was wrong. It did lead somewhere. They were okay <laughs> killing him. Like I think that's the the point. I just at the don't end expect of the day. him to do something that bold. Yeah, yeah. I, 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 I that would I, be very cool. Well, yeah. I uh, well, and speaking of. Uh, Civil War, though, there was an Entertainment Weekly this week had a Civil War cover, which had Evans, Mm -hmm. uh, uh, RDJ, and then in the middle, full costume Black Panther, Mm -hmm. who has a stupid-ass word balloon of (laughs) meow coming out of his mouth. Our comic reviewer for LazerTimePodcast.com, John Waugh, has been like just yelling about that all day. I know. I mean... Meow. I mean... This is madness. And that he, yeah. he's, he's like, it's the, it's the person you want to see the most, but so diminished. Yeah. Though he sounds awesome. Like, there were interviews. People have already ripped the interviews out of it of, uh, with Chadwick Boseman about T'Challa and his character. 
And yeah, he's like, he's the king of Wakanda. Like, it's the core idea of who Black Panther is. They're not changing any of that shit up, which I really enjoy. When does mm-hmm. the new Black Panther comic uh, kick um, off? It starts in January. Mm. It's being written by the guy who like won like the National Book Award. No, I, I'm Ta- really excited for that. Coates. The NBA? <laughs> he, he, he won a major, he won a major award. It's a major award. He won some major award for his very serious book about race in America and his personal history. And is now he's he's the Black Panther writer. He's... Newberry Award or GTFO? <laughs> Call it I courage. love I, I love that silver that silver bloom. Let you know it's a great book. Uh, oh, also, so Supergirl got a full season order, mm-hmm. so it's getting the full twenty two episode treatment. They're getting the back nine is uh, the term nine. I learned on Mystery, Mystery Science, Science Theater. Theater. Yes, uh, and at the same time, one of the upcoming episodes is going to be directed by Lexi Alexander, who, if you don't know, she is one of like. She's one of like four women who directs action yeah. films, and most famously, to nerd, she directed Punisher Warzone, yeah. which is a ridiculous ass movie, but and way and the best Punisher movie to date. Her, her justification for that too, and like, did did you guys not all know this is a ridiculous character? <laughs> and and then and then ask people what would you like to see in a Punisher film, and try to make that movie yeah. for Punisher fans. Like, <laughs> uh, due to my understanding of this character, this gun happy. <laughs> Murderous character. This is the movie I made. Yeah, and Pat Oswald was a big like proponent for that. For uh, everything the I've new seen, man is of... like hysterical. It, mm-hmm. it, like it looks really good, but I've never been able to sit you guys down and like watch it. With Sounds you. like a yeah. Monday night movie. That Hello. Hello. Like one. Uh, uh, right before Daredevil season two starts, maybe. Yeah. Oh, I like Punisher. it. I like oh, my it. shit. That would man. be a good idea. Um, and the last bit of news I had was that so they're filming they're filming the Spider Man movie now. They're, they've really? begun filming it now. It's a twenty. It's a mid twenty seventeen release, and they've already got the kid there for filming Civil War. They're done with that. So the point is that they're filming in in Atlanta, with, because it's cheap to film things in Atlanta. Whole studios are being built in Atlanta now for it. I just uh, I, keep, I watched Adult Swim at my parents' house mm-hmm. live, which I could never do. And then at the end of every one filmed in Georgia. Yeah, that big old. And peach. there's so many TV yeah. shows I see that do that now. Film it has its own logo, and Carl does it for Aqua Teen, made <laughs> by Georgian hair. <laughs> <laughs> so the, the, they talked to the actor who plays Spider-Man and he said that it is cheaper for them to build New York in Atlanta Jesus than Christ. to film in New York that's so. why I'm most excited about Fast and the Furious 8 mm-hmm. because they're the because they, they know they're going to make a billion dollars they're filming fucking car chases in New York god well, damn and that's what's so special about the Netflix shows like mm-hmm. Jessica Jones and, and Daredevil yeah, that yeah. they must have signed some deal with New York City or whatever like they it's all up in New York, baby. Mm-hmm. And by the way, apologies to listeners. We none of us have finished Jessica Jones yet, so we still can't hey, do. I was traveling talk. and funeral bound. I have an excuse. Mm-hmm. What's your guys's? Huh? Well, I huh? spent I spent all Thanksgiving one watching season one of Game of Thrones with my mom, and two Sounds digging through my old comic books as I talked about in the first segment. Mm. Uh, I finished Undertale. Which, Did you? Yeah. That's one that time, twice, you nerd. Did you really? <laughs> yeah, I beat it, and then I did the pacifist inning. Hear about it in a soon-to-come episode of Video Game <laughs> Music. Oh boy, a new awful show. <laughs> well, so that's... That, that's that combines each minute alternates between a minute of VGA and a minute of VG Empire, an editing nightmare. <laughs> <laughs> so that's that's all the news. This has to happen. Uh, now. That's yes. all the news that fits to print on this week's episode. But let's get into question of the week. Uh, so Q O T Dub. The question. Uh, the question was, what passions of yours have ever intersected in comics, and that you and, and what did you enjoy? I, mm. I worded it better than that. Uh, but 
Triscuitable chimed in first, saying, Saga is pulp science fiction. I never read a comic with such wonderful, colorful, and downright bizarre characters showing up in every issue. Uh, Batman Boy 11 said, It's not that it's a huge passion of mine, but I took three years of law classes as electives. Huh. So it's fair to say that I have an interest in the legal world. So when a comic touches upon the world of lawyers and law enforcement, I do find it interesting. Mm-hmm. The best example of this would obviously be Dare- Daredevil runs where they care to show Matt's profession mm-hmm. and have him in court. Yeah. That also is what interests me about this Daredevil run that Charles Soule mm-hmm. also has a legal background, which he, really? he brought to his run. He did a 12-issue run on She-Hulk last year. Amazing. Oh, yeah. Very yeah. legally. Yeah, it was. Yeah. And so now he can do it again with, yeah. with Matt Murdock. So, so Jessica Jones, there have been numerous times, especially where I'm at in the show, where there's a specific line where she just says, I'm going to get a lawyer. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh. And then it's, it's always Carrie Ann Moss, the lesbian, right? <laughs> At her most lesbian. <laughs> Obi-Shan Kenobi says, I am a big 80s G.I. Joe fan, so I still read the real American hero comic from IDW. I oh, realize fuck, I forgot I bought that. I realize it's average, but I love the original Marvel run so much. That yeah, origi- actually, yeah. yeah. That original run is my comfort comic that I read when I just want to nostalgia. I just got to say, Slice and Dice in the, in the that G.I. Joe comic, really cool. Mm. The ninjas? Yeah, you both know. Yeah, yeah. Storm Shadow and uh, no. Snake Eyes. Oh, slice, the slice and dice. Okay, no, I don't. I don't remember those. Oh guys. man, they're cool. Uh, Super Giraffe said Scott Pilgrim combines my love of comics and being Canadian. <laughs> John Wiesel says, "Well, this is kind of a cheat, but I suppose the Marvel Star Wars comics would count. I love Star Wars as much as I love comics, so having the two combined in awesome stories is pretty damn awesome in itself." Keegan says, "Sex criminals." I mean, <laughs> I mean, I don't think it requires much explanation. Dot, dot, dot. I stop time when I come. <laughs> uh, Shauna Lee says, Shauna Lee really surprised me. My biggest interest is motorsport and especially Formula One. Although I've never read it, there's a French comic series called Michel Valiant. Oh, who is basically a superhero with the powers of driving any kind of race car really fast. I've never seen it anywhere except on the internet, but a quick jaunt through Wikipedia tells me it is a long-standing and reputable book, originally published in 1957. Wow. Uh, Gene Simmons' Toyota had a couple of great suggestions for us. He That's said, such a good name. I'm going to give Dave and Brett some recs based on what they've said they like to see. For Dave, while they're not the 86 Mets... Uh, uh, characters. Uh, this is probably the tweet I alluded uh, to in the beginning, actually. Uh, the best baseball comics are James Strum's The Golem's Mighty Swing, a fictional story about Jewish baseball players in the 1920s Whoa. and his comic biography of Satchel Paige. There's also a very good comic biography of Roberto Clemente Ooh. by Wilfred Santiago. It's one of the first biographies I ever did in elementary school. My dad liked him. And then for Brett and myself, he suggests read Kaiju Max. It's a prison j- drama with kaiju. <laughs> we'll be out in trade very soon. That wow, those, sounds, are, those are not the ones that were referenced before. That sounds amazing. Kaiju that, Max. That does like remind the, me, I bought some, I, it was years ago, on Comixology. It was World War II planes, but like a squadron flown only by women in Russia or something. Yeah. And I only read the first issue and was like, oh, this is cool. And then forgot what it was called mm-hmm. and can't remember what it is. But yeah. I bought it solely because of like, oh, World War II planes, huh? That's so cool because they have a similar story to that in the DC Bombshells Elseworlds comic that are coming out now where uh, Power Girl and Supergirl are members of an all-female fighting mm. uh, bomber team. Hmm. 
Uh, okay, so Type 40 Comics says, I'm a huge fan of slasher films. There are some Nightmare on Elm Street and Friday the 13th comics, but I wish there were more. Recently, huh. a new Puppet Master ongoing what? series started, and it oh, is pretty boy. good. Wow. I love seeing over-exaggerated gore oh in God. art. Puppet Master. I've seen like three of those movies. Really? Th- those are the yeah. ones I was like, eh, I'm not, I'm not walking They down were the road. ones that aired at 2 a.m. during a free preview of Cinemax, and I set a VCR for them and probably had two boob shots in it, so I probably used that VHS yeah. quite a lot. I, I feel like I only know Puppet Master's toys I'd always see at Suncoast. Oh, I'm thinking the Doll Master. Is that another? I, that's I think you're thinking of Idol Master. Uh, hey, Henry's, Henry's phone is down. That was a comical drop. It is so hard not to drop the. You know, I make fun of you for dropping your Vipe cigarette when you're sitting in the seat. Chris, never happened. I, <laughs> uh, okay, I wish so. there was a wiki page that was just all of Chris's dropping that. Chris dropping just Fine. like instances of it. it I'll would be put great. on that hoodie that someone had to uh, tweet us on the Laser Time Facebook group, which was the string drawstring. Your hoodie is connected to a vape. Oh, is that what you want? <laughs> well, we'll keep it. the show professional. Yeah. Uh, so Danny said, after Marvel's tremendous series of hip hop tribute covers, I would love to see some stories based on hip hop songs given the graphic novel Go Over. You could have some wacky crime capers with Beastie Boys, Paul Revere. I uh, did it like this. I did it like that. I did it with a wiffle ball bat. Well, that's me singing that. That's not in the. That's not. In the that was really good. A personal story of growing up in the rough neighborhoods like Kendrick Lamar's "Good Kid, Mad City," and even a strange and esoteric stylings of MF Doom. And then finally, Moops says, Oops. "I loved playing bass and guitar, especially in bands." Bat. Sadly, <laughs> sadly, there aren't many American comics that reflect that hobby, but I really got into the manga series Beck and Nana, which shows what it's like to be in a band. Beck especially captures what it's like to grow as a musician and play gigs. I know that Scott Pilgrim huh. is another good pick, but I've only seen the movie. I picked up the comics in a humble bundle, and they've in my backlog. If you what? like being in a band, you should Glenn definitely get, get on reading comics. Scott Pilgrim. Oh, Spider Gwen. What what instrument is she? Is she drums? Oh, she's drums. She's okay. drums in the Mary Jane. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, Spider Gwen's got, but Scott Pilgrim is totally uh, uh, one. I've never heard of Beck. I've heard of Nana. I think Nana is one of uh, Carolyn, uh, your wife's is it the favorite. Same books. Nana. I believe so. Oh. I, I mean, yeah, it's a manga series, but anyway. All right, Brett. I am honestly cannot remember. You suggested a great question. Well, you had mentioned uh, we talked about short boxes and ah, long how boxes. How do you store your comic books? Yeah. And this yes. could be anywhere from your trades, your digital, mm. co- like however it is you do it. But like, mm. you know, long boxes, short boxes, do you bag and board? Do you put one per bag and board? Do you put two? Mm-hmm. Do you alphabetize the trades? Are they alphabetized by publisher? Like, mm. it, how? where you put all this shit? I love sorting things that I like. I have a very messy house, but I like That's putting, true. But I like putting books on shelves in the right order. And now, same with now to and, put clothes in drawers. And they, you just Not pick them important. up and put them on, man. Uh, but anyway. There's no spider ham on well, the boxer shorts. <laughs> so, in the... <laughs> If only there were Spider-Man boxer shorts. I would wear them every day. Yeah, I'm going to submit that to We Love Fine tomorrow. I, 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 uh, okay, so the way I store the single issues, as we talked about earlier, they were in long boxes. And uh, as I got older, it was always single issue to a bag and a board. Nothing on the opposite side. When it comes to collections, I do it alphabetical. 
though by family so all batman books are gonna be in batman like right. even if it's not called batman colon blah blah it's just a family but then on my other big shelf where i keep my omnibuses mm. those are a more esoteric system where it's like this shelf is only spider-man books and then this shelf is the Marvel omnibuses. And then this shelf is the DC and Image ones. And then this top shelf are the night are the everything pre nineteen seventy omnibuses. And so, yeah, I, it may sound like I own too many comics. Yeah, uh, it does. No, that uh, my mental. I've only seen your house once. Yes, and the mental image I still have is impossible. <laughs> I mean, I have because books stacked everywhere. As it well. felt like there was a break in the stacks of stuff to sit on the couch, yes. to walk to the kitchen, <laughs> and to lay in a specific portion of your bed. Yes, the Look, rest of the building. When you sleep alone, the other half of the queen size bed is a shelf. Uh, I yeah. lived alone for years. Different strokes. Yeah, I. Uh, I literally use my left hand. <laughs> it. Uh, I, 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 my, where do I store my comics? Yeah. Preferably my iPad. <laughs> uh, but, but like, I gradually, I have a little shelf for for trades, but I, I, I try and get rid of those mm. every so often. Like, I'll even like someone, hey, I haven't seen you in ten months. You should borrow this. Why? Like, ah, you'll probably like it. I don't know what it is. You'll, I don't even and you'll, and you'll keep it. Yeah, yeah. And you'll keep, and you'll keep it out of my house. <laughs> I, I'm just, I, I am remembering when I graduated to a long box because when I first got obsessed with Marvel, I got. A green and white cube with like Spider-Man, Wolverine, and a thing, and a set of markers. That it was black and like it had green Marvel Comics logo, but like uh, it was black and white characters, and you were supposed to draw hmm. in the color of all the characters. And I, I I used the orange marker that was given to me in the set, and it ran out because <laughs> it, it's the it's the length of a comic book, and, it, and the thing is so huge, and it's cardboard, and it sucks in that ink. Oh, I just yeah. I just wanted to see if anybody knew what I was talking about. It's okay <coughs> if you don't, but I, that was my. Well, Coolest storage system. Well, when I went back to my long boxes, I got to see all the stickers I thought that were really cool that I put in my long box. Like, well, this is my two Spider-Man boxes, so obviously got to put all my Spider-Man stickers here. You know what mine was? And then was? on another one I put on Animaniac stickers. Mine, mine was, I think I would have had to have gotten it from Kid City or 321 Contact. Um, wow. But the What a Cartoon... Show, but like before Powerpuff Girls and Johnny Bravo launched in their own shows, they yeah. were all premiered in uh, shorts and this what? cartoon, oh, cartoon. Shoot. And yeah. they had stickers for all those, so those are what aligned my long box. Wow. Uh, I didn't put any. Well, I have. Well, I used to have maybe three long boxes mm-hmm. and then several short boxes, but I only started the actual box part of it uh, in, maybe in the last 10 years. There was also a weird period where I bought. Because I have a friend who has thousands of in i think in the five digits of comics wow and he has an actual like like a newspaper morgue style thing like a, like a newspaper office where it's a huge and you pull oh, this really? thing out and it's gracious me yeah it's huge <laughs> and it's massive and i was like oh filing cabinets so i bought a filing cabinet and i was like i'll put ah. my comics in that so for a while i had my comics new stuff as i was buying but then all my old pre getting back into comics in 02 we're still in maybe two or three short box anyway at this point this I've got here in San Francisco no this was okay. also the weight of all those comics in the cheapo yeah. filing cabinet I bought completely destroyed it <laughs> it was bent and distorted and you couldn't even open it uh, you're looking for a sound effect I can tell we're doomed <laughs> but uh, now that's what your comic book said in the- now ah, I've gotten yeah. rid of so much that I'm down to two long boxes ah. one of which is all black costume Spider-Man so that's like 500 something issues. right and then 
one long box that's a bunch of random shit that I can't... I always forget what's even in it till I look at it, and then I'm like, oh, I can't get rid of... And then, uh, outside of that, I then kept all my Amazing Spider-Mans, uh, ever. So, like, because that's the one series, like, I can't... Mm-hmm. I gotta keep that. Mm-hmm. Um, but then, random modern things that I can't get rid of, but I'm... I, at this point, when I think of them, like, I should just get rid of that. It's like, the whole Brubaker cap, the whole... Like, yeah. they're going to be traded forever. They're going to be collected They'll forever. always be in trade. But I will never need this. these five... I have five short boxes that I'm like, I don't need these five short boxes, man. Most of this stuff is collected. I could get it down to two, probably. I see your point, sir. Yeah. Anything pre-2000, like, oh my, Spider-Man, Spectacular, Amazing, Web... Where do you keep your Ultimate Spider-Mans? In your room. <laughs> yeah. I got rid of today. all of them. It was Sitting quite a giveaway at the, at the office. That well, day. Gonna, I still got all your Mary Janes, too. They're good. They're, I love those. They're going to go away. And again. I mean your women's shoes when I say Mary Janes. I mean, you gave me all your women's Whatever. shoes. Whatever. <laughs> uh, Just but, that. But now, yeah, it's almost all on my iPad. Oh, I do have a shitload of... Mot trades because uh, the last year or so I've just been reading more of like old collections and yeah. those are on the top of my uh, IKEA Expedit mm. that I'm sure you're all familiar. That's with. where my comics go. Nowadays. I'm more of a Billy. I'm more of a Billy bookcase guy. I don't. <laughs> you guys not into the Billy bookcase of IKEA? Huh? The IKEA's Billy bookcase. No, that's no, the, I have the Expedit. Bought this. My second one. Man, I I'm in need of a new Billy bookcase. One of my shelves actually broke. I have uh, <laughs> just collapsed. It's that the weight ecsta- of all your consumerism. It's that perhaps. Ex- <laughs> it's that ecstatic omnibus, man. No, actually, so I think those are gonna. I'll come home tonight and it'll be all smashed up. But I think <laughs> these ones are going to stay good for a while because mm. I put all my heavy, heavy omnibuses on the shelves. Oh yeah, I should have mentioned that. I keep them on a shelf that I bought from my favorite comic book store. My favorite comic book store, R.I.P. Comic Relief. It was replaced by Fantastic Comics. This is comic book grade wood. It won't break. (laughs) So they were getting rid of their old shelves. They just wanted new shelves. But these shelves are sturdy as hell. They've been holding comics for decades. And so, like, 50 bucks. We'll take it. Sure. And And I, me and my roommate who worked there, we bought them. And we each kept one. I never want to move because it is heavy as shit, and I'm going to have to just hire somebody to pick it up for me. But it was... Uh, it, I love that shelf. Mm. Love that shelf. Well, so that is the question of the week. How do you store your comic books? And... Don't get technical with me. Just tell us how you do it and do it in the forums. Uh, the forums <laughs> on LazyTimePodcast.com. Really I mean, you can make him say words like... How rude! There you go. Yeah. But uh, uh, anyway, podcast slash forums is that where you? Yes, go? and you can. And I'll read the my favorite comments on next week's episode, where I also I swear Jessica Jones spoiler talk next episode. If, we'll do it. If you're wondering why there's so many Star Wars sound effects being played, mm-hmm. uh, the next episode of Laser Time, next week's episode, might be the the nerdiest in depth thing we've ever done, and it so. relates to Star Wars. Please be there, and the few of you who can, who will love it, support it, share it, let a friend know. Goodness uh, gracious me. VGEmpire.com, video game music podcast. We most recently did the Ninja Warriors episode, which... Uh, Whoa! No, <laughs> god damn it. Why does everyone think that's funny? Uh, we're going to be doing a new episode uh, coming up soon, uh, but it has an interview with a prominent musician... Um, someone most prominent, someone I've known for years, but uh, <laughs> oh, man. it'll be it'll be a fun conversation there. And then after that, we'll be getting into some of our uh, look backy year stuff. Awesome, um, and also uh, be- is the official title. Yeah, <laughs> everybody does it. Look backy year stuff. Uh, no. But since it is also December, though, uh, our Patreon goals were met for like VG Mini. 
Yep. Uh, episodes in between the full size episodes, and then also the VGM Uncut. So somewhere in December, I don't know exactly when it will debut, but I am going to try to put that together and uh, get both of those things off the ground in some capacity in December, and then obviously January will be the on the reg. This time you have gone too far. True. What? No, <laughs> you're doing too many things, Brett. Uh, you've gone too far. Yeah. No, uh, sorry. I, uh, also, I hosted Game Apocalypse this week, mm-hmm. which uh, I should be editing soon. Uh, mental <laughs> note to me. You're doing that many and, shows? Uh, yes, because I also edited Talking Simpsons, this week's oh. newest episode, which is Probably Bart the Daredevil. <laughs> Which is a great, great episode where a Truckasaurus, and as I've said a million times, if, if you're you... in the top seven, you get the Spirit Award this week. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. I, I deserve time and a half, don't you think? No, yeah, no. Right. Just looks I, like another week to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, well, anywho, yeah, all those cool things, and you should totally listen to Talking Simpsons. Also, if you want to follow along with us for Talking Simpsons, we couldn't plug this on the episode, but there's an amazing Simpsons DVD sale going on right is it now. Still going on? As as of this recording. It is $9.96 for virtually every season. So if you at the very least want to get the first five to follow along with us and to watch it live. 50 bucks. 50 bucks. And be sure to buy through our links on lasertimepodcast.com. Boy, oh boy, howdy. This has been a great episode. And I can't wait to really talk about Jessica Jones next week. Oh, boy. And then the Superman Batman teaser and all the other great news that I'm sure will flow afterwards. But until next time, Excelsior! Excelsior!